practice, nor do we have a normal Bible study. Uh, bring what book you would like to study next and why you would like to study that. First John. Um, I agree. Every, every person? What about Ephesians? <laughs> you don't have to text me. Just bring the book that you would like to study and why you would like to study that book. We'll get that out of the way first and then we'll have practice. Next week is when we're leading worship, which is June 26th. Yay! We That's are. next week. Ah, yeah. That's next yeah. week. We are. You are. If you are going to lead, which by now you already know who you are, uh, wear a white top, meaning white shirts, and then bottom should be black. Okay, black and black. So everyone wears white, or just those? Who are everyone leading. leading. Everyone serving that day. Oh, you mean I'm okay? Are you okay? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> is this white, white, I'm white my right? finger than back. No, no. no. I'm not a back cup I understand what you're saying. Bro, white top, white top, white top, bottom is black, okay? On Saturday, we have practice in person. Uh, we will let you know what time. Normally, we start practice around 10, so you can come and pray with people that will already be here, like the older people. Uh, and then we'll have practice afterwards. Yes. Baptism, baptism class. Mm. Yes, we're going to have to work around baptism class. Okay. I know it ends at one, but here's the thing. On Saturday also, we have a lunch program at McLeod's house. Uh, her mom wants to have a coming back from school lunch. Uh, if you remember last time, we had going to school lunch service at her house. Uh, so it's a way of her uh, having us again at her house. So that will be on Saturday on the 25th at 3 o'clock, around 3 or 4. So practice has to be earlier that day. Uh, so baptism class is something we're trying to figure out. That's all the announcements. Is that what time? We will test you in the group chat. Because we have to figure out about just, like for you guys what baptism class is going to be like before we can decide what time. But there will be practice in person on Saturday. Oh, so there's no practice on Tuesday? There is, practice there is no Bible study on Tuesday. No Bible study. Just bringing what books you like to study. Why you want? I don't think you guys listen when I talk. See, I thought that was like <laughs> next Sunday. You said there was no practice or Bible study on Tuesday. I said it's not normal Bible study. Bring what book? Why you would like to study? And then there is practice after. Thank you so much for listening. And you go somewhere. Don't worry, I'll be hey, over and over and over. Oh, you just noticed? No, I didn't. I've been... I'm sorry, this is not about me. This All is right, about her. Alright, let's start. What? Nothing. <laughs> Do you want to pray us in? Sure, I can. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you've done for us today, Lord. I pray for Nardi that she teaches us well today and that it is not by her knowledge but by you and that the Holy Spirit is speaking through her. In the name of Jesus, Amen. 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 I'm going to need a reader. <laughs> Bob is not here. <laughs> Where's Lucas? <laughs> wow. He didn't say me, so I'm like, where go? Talk about it. I tried too much. Do you need to change the lot? Just get ready. Luke Clement. Every time I try, you say 14 to 26. You're going to stand by. Luke 11, 14 through 26. I'm there. Okay, stand by. <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> 14 through 26. All right. Yes. I'm going to put my finger <clears throat> just to be. Hmm? All right, today's um, lesson um, I thought would be fitting to talk about war and the devil and our authority on Father's Day. I thought it would be manly. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. is so fitting when we say that. As we know, women don't know how to cast out a demon. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. That's not it's a male privilege, okay? That's not what. I, <laughs> what did you just say? It's a male privilege. I will what's cast out the demon out of you. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, what's the male privilege? I missed it. I'm so sorry. Casting you don't want to hear it. It was nonsense. Let's not go for it. I'm sorry. Are you adding to the Bible? So we're g- yeah, we're gonna talk about the two fathers, God and the devil. Ooh. Huh? Okay. I thought this quote was great. So there's this movie called Unusual Suspects. Unusual Suspects. Okay. It's also a crime show if you want to watch that. 
It's a documentary. It says, um, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing the world he doesn't exist. That's so, it's common. <laughs> cool. um, there are actually Christians who believe in God, but when it comes to demons and devil, um, they don't believe in them or they tune out the teaching. That's why we don't do the gospel of, you know, casting out demons and talking about how the devil is real anymore. And we're more of now talking about prosperity and how God loves you. So, general question for everybody. You don't have to. You can answer if you want to. I just want to make sure because your God doesn't understand. Okay, so when you pray, (laughs) how often do you rebuke the devil in his work? Is it like in all of your prayers, or is it like sometimes when you feel down, and then sometimes when you feel like you're getting attacked? Not very often. Sparingly. Yeah. <laughs> Sparingly. As deep necessary. Okay. Oh, that's the Christian answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm left. <laughs> so, I myself is guilty of neglect. to rebuke the devil which we have to do every day Um, because oftentimes we're very caught up in our own world um, and our own problems instead of actually thinking about hey if I'm going to rebuke the devil that means I am actively participating in the spiritual war that's going on so there is a spiritual war that's going on please if everyone knows that right Right. There is. <laughs> wow. Um, so, but Christian nowadays we're very sluggish. I'm gonna include myself there because I don't pray like that all the time. Um, we like to ignore the war instead of addressing it. So, we're going to talk about the devil now. Please tell me you guys believe in the devil. No, I think, I think it's a figment of our imagination. <laughs> Alright, so if, if you can guess how many times do you think the devil was brought up in the Bible? Many, many times. Probably well, in the New Testament or in the Old Testament? Both of them. Both of them? 120. I think less in the Old Testament and more in the New Testament. Are you asking for a number? Yeah. 420. Like what? Like, That's very specific. <laughs> but you're close. Over 200. Wait. Over what? Over 200. So over 200. Throughout the Bible. She's going to count it. Like it's not a specific. There isn't a specific number. It's just like 200. No. So 200 times? It said more than 200. Over. More than 200. I said 120. It could be 1,000. Someone stopped counting after 200. Okay. They got it. It was great. Especially in Revelation, it's like every chapter, every sentence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's brought up. But, um, <coughs> so if he's been brought up over 200 times, how do we justify saying he doesn't exist in the world? Like, there are Christians that say that. Um, even Jesus, while he's, his walk through this earth, um, he fought and exposed um, the devil's work. And the greatest illustration of this is in Luke eleven fourteen, two twenty six. I shall read Luke chapter 11. Hold on, what version are you reading? Verse 14, the New American Standard Bible. The gold standards, of course. Verse 14 through 26. Mm-hmm. And he, Jesus, was casting out a demon, and it was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said he cast out demons by <laughs> I don't need to know. I don't need to know. The rulers of the demons, other to test him, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. But he knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say I cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub. I don't need to know. And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Indicating that other people had cast out demons before. So they will be your judges. But I cast out demons by the finger of God. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. But when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away from him all his armor on which he had relied and distributes his uh, plunder. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and not finding any, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they go and live there, and the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. Thank you, Beanie. That was amazing reading. So, what I got from this um, is Jesus is specifically illustrating how the kingdom of um, the devil works and how his um, kingdom is very united. Not only that, they help each other out. Um, and they're very um, conniving and convincing and then cohesive, which we should be united like that as the body of Christ as well. Another one is whoever is not with Jesus is for the devil to plunder. Another point is the only one who can strong arm Satan and his kingdom is Jesus. Um, And lastly, the devil is always looking for a person to possess and when it finds an opening, um, he can destroy, wait, what? Wait, hold on. (laughs) So once a person has been possessed and then the devil comes out of him, and then once he's clean and everything, and we don't fill that out with the Holy Spirit, he's gonna go come back and see it's open and clean see that it's empty instead of being filled with Holy Spirit. He'll invite his other demons and fourfolds and they'll come back and then it'll be worse than the the person will be worse than what he was before. So this is basically saying if you've been possessed and you've been saved and you don't continuously rebuke the devil and cast it out of your life, if he finds that opening, he's going to come in. And you're going to be worse than you were before. So, um, any opinions, questions? Okay. <laughs> um, so what is the nature of Satan? Spirit. Evil spirit. Yes. Steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. It's John 10. It's, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think we need to read that. Um, so John 10, 10 tells us that only goal of Satan is to, uh, is to destroy, distract us, and distraction. Um, so if we ignore it, it's detrimental to us and victory for him. The best thing we can do for Satan, the best thing for him, like a great place for him to grow and prosper, is like a good environment for him. As Christians, when you're not a believer, which you like, if you're not a believer, you're his anyway, so it doesn't matter. But if you are a believer, the best thing you can do for him, for him to do his work, is to be a lukewarm Christian. Mm. So, if you follow Jesus by name and by heart, or claim to be a follower of Christ, but not actually give up worldly belief, practices, and things um, for Christ... That makes you a lukewarm Christian. So that's the basic definition of it. Um, which, in my opinion, you are a, de- a dead weight for the war that's going on. Like, we can't be dragging you around. Reach <laughs> it. Um, and in Revelation 3, 15 to 16. Am I supposed to go there? Yes. Revelation. I think all of you know this. Chapter 3. Yeah. 15 to 16. 15 to 16. I will read it as such. I know your deeds. I will say again. I know your deeds. This is Jesus speaking. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm 
and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Thank you. So, not only would you let the would you let de- the demons and Satan and all of them work in your life, but also God hates lukewarmness. You're not being spiritually awake. You're just there, which I think is like a great lesson for today because that's what Danny was talking about, being sluggish in our spirituality. Um, either follow God by picking up his cross and leaving the world behind or be part of the world completely. Don't tiptoe in both lanes. Bernardi, can't I be a part of nothing? I can just be neutral. Here you're the devil. Here he goes. Then that's not, so you're saying I cannot be neutral? No, you cannot. It's either you're sorry, in or you're out. If I can put my car on neutral, why can't I put my life on neutral? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you your life? Car? Are you a car? I have a rebuttal for that. So depending on where you go, no, 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 no. Okay, let's pull it. We don't have time. Okay. Too bad. So in Romans, I know you guys know this. Romans twelve one to two. Therefore, I urge you, brethren and sisters, I view, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and pro- proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God will is and his good and his good pleasing and perfect will. So, you can't Wait, be tiptoeing. 12, one Romans. Romans. Chapter 12, 12 one verse to one. Two. So you can't be tiptoeing in between worlds. I now understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're not lukewarm Christian and not dipping your feet in both worlds, then you are an actual true Christian fighting the war the the spiritual warfare that is occurring Um, one of the biggest mistakes we make is thinking that um, our problems and struggles considering them non-spiritual when they're in fact they are spiritual attacks so um, even like everything that is happening physically in this world is directly related to um, what's happening spiritually. So the continuous growth of like abuse we're seeing, lack of compassion, unforgiveness, pride, uh, discord, immoral practices, hate, and depravity, all of that is a result of the spiritual warfare that's going on. Um, If you would turn your page. (laughs) Bible to uh, Ephesians six twelve. For our battle is not with flesh, but I'm gonna go to it. Oh, that's the armor. Verbatim. Come on, there you are. I shall read from the epistle to the Ephesians chapter six, starting from verse twelve. Yeah. This is the Apostle Paul writing. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up your full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having uh, girded your line with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation. Salvation. And the word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayers and petition, pray at all times in the spirit and with all in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on uh, my behalf the utterance that may be given in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Thank you. Um, so, this is, he's basically laying out what we need to do. Pray. That's the only answer is pray. When you pray, you should be rebuking as well. So, as um, the growth of distraction occurs, it's because there are less people 
actually fighting the war um and the behalf like god doesn't need an army but we need to be fighting this is one of our duties as christians and um the armor of God is better utilized when we tap into God-given authority that he gave us and the spiritual resources we have that are most likely, most often, um, our access through prayer um, and reading the word and actively seeking his presence. Which brings me to one point. Um, during Friday's prayer, me and Rip Gower talked, she brought up this, we had this conversation before too, how um, the devil nowadays is deceiving Christians to think that prayer is worship music. So like you're opening worship music and listening to it and not you're not like actually praying and you think that's the prayer. It's not. I mean, I don't have anything against worship music. <laughs> I don't have anything uh, against worship music, but you just sitting there is not gonna um, solve anything. So she used this example where she would come to my house and just sit there, and just look at me, not tell me what, I, what she wants. But I thought that was a great example. <laughs> so that's exactly what we're doing when we are opening worship music and this is our prayer time, right? It's, we're supposed to be communicating. This is a relationship with God. If we're just sitting there and looking at him, we're not seeking for anything. There won't be any answer. So prayer is actively seeking and interacting and pouring out your heart to God. Um, um, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. <laughs> Seek and you will find. And knock and the door will be opened to you. So that is basically what prayer is. Not sitting in our room. Amen. And not communicating with God. Okay? Got that? All right, let's move on to, so we talked about the devil, and we, talk, <laughs> we talked about what's a perfect uh, place for him to grow in is, um, and let's, now let's talk about what are our God-given authorities and privileges as Christians, and I have three points of these. Number one. <laughs> okay, one. I'll count them. The right to approach God with confidence through Christ. That's too long. It's better the same thing. Go to Hebrews 4 14 to 16. I anticipated that. 14 what? 14. 4 14. To 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Author disputed. <laughs> Maybe Paul. Possibly. Maybe Paul. Possibly. Therefore, since we have had a great priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who can, a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace. To help in time of need. Amen. So, this is saying that Jesus has given us the access. Yeah, <laughs> 14 to 16. He, Jesus has given us the access for us to stand confidently and ask what we want. Ensure that our prayer is not in vain. For Christ is our priest. Melchizedek. Yeah. Yes. Because... He's our uh, priest. So we have that person, uh, person Christ, <laughs> in between us, um, pleading for us. So that is one of our biggest authority that we have as Christian. We don't often utilize. All right, second one. Oh. <laughs> All right, the right to preach the gospel. And perform signs and wonders, signs and wonders in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. So Luke 9, 1, and you can go to Mark 16. Hey. Luke 18. Oh, is this the, like, the, the longer ending? Luke Mark, chapter right? 9. 15? 15 to 18. Verse 1. 
Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Mm-hmm. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and not even two pieces of tunics. Whatever house you enter, stay until you leave the city. And for those who do not receive you, as you go out of the city, shake the dust off your feet. as a testimony against them. Thanks for adding all of that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just looked at you and you said, okay. And I just kept going. I, I mean, it's good, but I, it was just one yeah. that I was looking for. <laughs> About a sign of wonders and healing mm-hmm. the sick. The sick, And then rebuking the demon out of people. If you read Mark 16, 15 to 18. <coughs> And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Thank you. Thank you. So... Jesus, basically, Jesus have given us the power to drive our demon, demons, heal the sick, the sick, speak in tongues, and then perform supernatural miracles. Um, this is also one of the authorities we don't exercise, because how many people are sick here? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I pray for myself. Everyone. <laughs> like, literally everyone. Like, you can't... We don't do this because because of our unbelief and um, our doubt in being fully um, healed. Um, this is something we need to tap into because it's very important. If we want to uh, preach the gospel and we want to bring in the sick, we should be able to heal them as well. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Um, number three. Okay. Well, this is kind of the same. That's okay. Cool. Okay. The right to exercise our authority against Satan and all his demons. That's so, Mark one twenty seven. Mark one twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark chapter one. Verse twenty seven. Mark chapter 1, verse 27. Mark chapter 1, verse 27. Uh, you sure that's when you want me to start? Mark 1, 27? Yeah, okay. They were all amazed, so they debated amongst themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with, a, with authority? Or rather, a new teaching with authority. He commands, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Thank you. That's what I wanted. Well, I mean, you can do the context of, like, Jesus was rebuking an impure spirit, and he told him, be quiet. That's the context. Yes, that's what I mean. Okay. Just like that. Yeah. So, they obey him, and they still obey him now, and in his name, they'll be able to obey us. Mm -hmm. So, we have that authority. We just need to exercise it. And then in First John five eighteen says, <clears throat> just eighteen. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. So not only he gives us the authority to rebuke them, get them out of, go back to their country. That's uh, <laughs> well, it's not. Not against the spiritist. That's spiritist. <laughs> That's spiritist. <laughs> 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 um, he also ensures that since we're God's children, they won't be able to touch us. Yes. Um, as long as we are grounded and strong in our faith and we don't give that opening. Mm-hmm. All right? So, in conclusion, pray. What? Is it too fast? Okay. In conclusion, where we are able to do all these things through Christ. Mm. What what did we talk about? Casting out demons. Yes. Whoosh. 
Okay. I'll just conclude it and we'll go through points. Okay. Yes. Speaking in languages. I should be able to drink poison and be fine. No. Yes. You should. Me and you? All right. So question. Let's go. Let's why, 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 but she's not dead. <laughs> okay, let's just, I'll go, just go through the points. Um, main thing is we must always know our enemy. If we believe that the devil doesn't exist, then we're basically allowing him to win. Second, do not be lukewarm Christian. You give yourself an opening to, for an attack. And three, through prayer is through prayer there is victory. <coughs> F the spiritual warfare. Um, do not be deceived into thinking listening to worship music is actual prayer. And third is put on the armor of God Amen. and exercise your authority. Mm -hmm. God given authority. Okay. You had a question? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> um, so whenever she said uh, poison, is that in the... Huh? Not the poison. Huh? No, no, no. <laughs> Go for it. No, should I ask or should I not? Are you talking about Mark 16? To me? Did no. They, no. Did they actually mean poison or did they mean poison as in like the people that are like not clean? But I think the context there is not like you poison it and then you drink it. I think that's yeah, that's they're being persecuted and they're yes. getting the poison and the Lord is protecting them yeah. during that moment. Who was it that was Ooh. bit by, by Scorpio? Was Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the part where it says they'll be able to handle snakes. So you're not. Yeah, he was actually sitting in a house. Viper comes on him, shakes him off, hits him on the ground. Everybody was hoping that he's going to die. He did well, thinking that they were going to die. And there was some physical illness that Paul had where he wasn't feeling Well, he was called out to be, to suffer. God's yeah, but it's no, not but just it's for like, Paul. There are some things that uh, it's not the devil that's inflicting it on you. Like you're just gonna go through that illness. Does that make sense? Like God is not it's the will of God for you, maybe to suffer through that, and that's okay. But there are some things where it is spiritual mm -hmm. warfare. Like let's say you are mm -hmm. to go serve God, but you fall into uh, this weird illness out of nowhere. Maybe that's a moment for you to lock your door, fast, and pray so that you may receive healing. Right? Just because someone happen. is inflicted. Yeah. Sorry. Go. Uh, or when you like. It's time to pray or like go to church and you're like sleepy all mm -hmm. of a sudden that's that's an attack that's not your body telling you to sleep. sometimes you're sleep deprived but most of the time it's not your body saying i'm tired it's just it's an attack of where the devil does not want you to pray he does not want you to be with god so this is when you actually say no i'm going to rebuke and rebuke it and keep on praying <laughs> well, that brings up a really good question i've done it before how do we know how do we know that it is the devil? Or if it's just we're tired? Or is it that God just wants us to go through like I've been going through for the past week? What Coughing and what sick. What if you have a character flaw and just lazy? Yeah, exactly. Like, are you talking about illnesses or like <laughs> feeling weary and you're about to fight? Wouldn't there be discernment? No, no, no. In, in anything that we're doing. How do we know? And it's just practically speaking. Oh, okay. How do you know that you didn't get the job that you wanted? And was the devil working against you, or were you just, you know, or you're trying to preach and it's not really going the way that you want it? Is it the devil resisting because you know something's going to happen, or are you just being lazy, or you're just not motivated to do the work, right? So that's that's something worth worth thinking about because uh, oftentimes, especially in Ethiopia, you have an overemphasis on. Yes. On the devil, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and every time something doesn't happen, it's always it's yes, it's on the yes, it's on the right. And <laughs> they go and that excuse, and then you come to this country where you barely ever hear, especially in like Caucasian churches, it's not even mentioned. It's as if he doesn't even exist, as as Nardi said. Yeah. So it's I think the 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 challenge is trying to find that sweet spot between not being paranoid about the devil, but also not being gullible enough to believe that he's not working against you or that he's not working against the church. But you would feel it know. though, right? Like if it's like, for example, you like have a cough that's been going on consistent for like a week or so. That's, you're a human too, you have to realize yeah. that yeah. you're going to go through illnesses and you, yeah. your body will experience some things. But like, 
I think if it's like spiritual, you'll have like you'll have like this icky feeling. Like it would be heavy on your shoulders. It's not just like what you would. I mean, like from my experience, at least when I know like it's the devil attacking me, and 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 it's like things that are like super normal become like just weird, and I can't. I can no longer function the way I I usually do. But when it's like me, my human body going through illnesses, and it's just like your normal illness, you know, it's, I'm able to, I'm able to withstand it, one, and two, I don't feel any other force, does that make any sense? Like spiritual heaviness. Yeah, like, because you, your heart will know, like, you, your, your body will know it. Um, right, lukewarmness here, and the ability to discern, oh, whoever knows, go for it. No, I'm just uh, saying, how do we know, and you mentioned lukewarmness, and part of being lukewarm is that like, your ability to discern is gone. So, someone wants to say something about that? Or, Rick, I can go. Well, I think part of it is, I'm, when we're having this conversation, I'm reminded of what Paul said, that there's a thorn in, on his side and he's ple- he's been pleading God over and over again, but mm-hmm. God's not going to remove it. I think there are some situations, whether it's spiritual war or uh, maybe we don't have some sort of heaviness, but either ways, you plead the Lord, and, and regardless of whether you feel something, you don't feel something, whether it's physical or mental, you ask God, you ask for for healing, and and it's um, it's that prayer the guide the 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 blind man is uh, pleading is like if it is your will, Son of David, will you heal me? It's like if it's God's will, God is going to heal you, mm-hmm. and if it's not the will of God, you are going to you know experience you are going it. to experience it. You're you're going to have to live with it. My problem with with uh, prayer and people walking away saying, oh, it's the devil and you will not leave me alone, it's sometimes there are other people telling them it's because you don't have faith or maybe your faith is not good enough. Maybe you, there's a lack of faith. Maybe sometimes God just wants you to be exactly where you are. And it's it's maybe the feeling will be there. You might feel heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not. Like when I'm sick, I'm heavy. I don't <coughs> want to feel like crappy regardless, right? Yeah. And, and there, there are seasons when you're sad and the feeling is there, but God's not going to remove it. I think I don't know how you would translate the spiritual discernment. Maybe like you may be praying every single day and like begging the Lord, but it's still there. You know, it doesn't mean that you're spiritually weak. It just means God's not taking it away right now. I guess it's different for me because like when I'm physically sick, I'm sick, and then I know it's like it's a different sick than like when I'm like not where I'm supposed to be spiritually, and then I'm getting attacked. Like, I know the difference. I guess it's different with everybody. Because, like, if it's something I pray for and then it goes away, I know it's it's a spiritual attack. Yeah. Yeah, like, if, and if it's, like, I'm just sick, and then if I do get healed. And part of it is, like, not attributing everything to the devil, right? Like, maybe you're sick, but you're sick. That's it. You're not special. No one's coming after you. And, like, there are sort of, like, I understand being spiritually sluggish. Like, that's way different than going through a spiritual war. You're just going through a moment where you're spiritually sluggish. You may be weary. You may be tired. It's a season, and it will, it will go away, right? Like, God's going to deliver you out of that. I don't think that's a spiritual war, right? Like, that's just a season in your life. But spiritual war is when, like, maybe there is an opening that God has prepared for you, but every, everyone, including your boss, is closing the door and attacking you. That's a spiritual war. Like, it's clear God wants that for you, but everything else says otherwise, right? So I get it, feeling sluggish and feeling that, I understand, but to me, that's not a spiritual war. That's just you going through a season. I don't think it's a war. I think it could be both. Yeah. Sure. Hold on. Oh, but th- there's, there's even a greater question. It's like, well, why does God allow us that to, for, that, for those things to happen, right? You're saved. You've already been redeemed. And so, like, rationally speaking, you'd be like, well, God is all-powerful, and he's going to protect me regardless, right? So why should I pray against an enemy? And the Bible says, you know, the devil's been defeated, right? Christ has defeated him on on the cross. Um, I've already been victorious. So wouldn't it just be going back and beating something that's already been dead, right? Because in the logical mind, not in the spiritual way, but, like, in the mind, people have that idea that, so what are you talking about? Ignore it. Because yeah. it's like, well, if the if Jesus said it's it's done and if, if it's been said that he is defeated, then why do we do anything about it? Like why can't you just let's just talk about the the gospel. Yeah. But also and in, in, in my opinion, well, or what I know is 
the devil is defeated, but he still has authority over the earth, right? Mm -hmm. to, to rule and to he, he has authority over the earth. And he is defeated, and he can't, like, he, he can't, he has, he's been defeated by God, mm -hmm. yeah. but he, he still rules the earth. And what, what, essentially what he's doing right now is to win people over to his kingdom so they don't get to God's kingdom. Yes. And so yes. why I fight is, is not by, by saying that God did not defeat the devil. Exactly. It's by saying you let go of whatever you're trying to hold on to, to slow me down from getting to where God wants me to get to. Okay. So where if, like, you know, we always do these prayers where I say, let go of the people and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, and you rebuke the devil. And then two days later, then you're like, oh, okay, why did I do this? <laughs> My life is miserable right now because, you know, then the, the devil attacks back again. And it's not that God is not sovereign. It's not that we're not God's children. It's because there is something that I see, maybe I don't see, but, but the, devil, the devil also sees what, what the, the children of God do. And he does not want that to happen. Because, again, what he wants is to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. So when he sees life, he tries to destroy that. And he's been doing that since the beginning. So until, until everything is complete, until the end. So again, we are in, in, in the in-between season, right? Where, where God... Rick, I thought about this again. I'll, I'll go back to the salvation. Huh? We talked about the already, or, uh, but not yet. Uh, yes. Where we talked about salvation is we are in the redemption. Yes. And where God is going through that but it's we not, haven't just hasn't been but we're in the middle yes. yeah hasn't been done yet so at the end when it'll be complete well he will be defeated and there's no more rebuking and there's no more fighting fights yeah then then it's, it's all over yeah. but until then now we are in between where we are trying to preach i mean we are still trying to preach the gospel we are string we're still trying to be sanctified mm -hmm. we're still trying to grow look more like jesus christ mm -hmm. so this is part of the sanctification yeah. process where we are still rebuking the devil we're trying to grow we're trying to pray we're trying to do all these things while we're still in the world god still has authority over over everything here yeah. so god is still sovereign and we are still fighting using it's through the name of jesus christ mm -hmm. still still not us but that's what i think yeah. uh, i have something more to add the, 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 no huh? yeah i thought you were saying no. uh, the devil's greatest asset is the flesh as well as God's greatest assets also reflect this. Because they're trying mm -hmm. to get our spirit. Um, so there's a the Holy Spirit very much lives inside of us. And if they're able to, the devil is able to get to the flesh, there's no, you can't, they can't. Coexist. Exactly. Um, so it, it's, it's the battle of is that constant, like surrendering, um, and repenting, and letting go of the flesh and living for the spirit, and recognizing that, and that's why being lukewarm is trying to feed the spirit, also trying to feed the flesh. It's it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Exactly. So whenever. The goal of going to church, fellowshipping with people, is not <coughs> for our flesh, but for very much for our spirit that lives inside. Very much that one body. Mm -hmm. That we can go from different parts of the world and recognize the Holy Spirit. And it's very much that same spirit that lives in every single one of us. Mm -hmm. um, and the devil will try to go ahead and use his very asset as the flesh to disconnect us. And to mask that. No, it, it goes back to what um, Romans 12, the one over here, presenting ourselves as um, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing for the Lord. Um, one, one last thing is, uh, it, especially one of the reasons, going back to that you know, sickness um, thing, is that as, as, we've, as we've grown as a society, it is, we've been able to grow our understanding of biology and so we've been able to you know have medicine and this and that and the other and so the need for example in Christ's time right anyone that's able to perform any kind of miracle is immediately seen as either God himself or God sent right and so a new you know an entire cult would start to to, to, to happen um, 
because people were performing performing miracles. And we see that, for example, when Paul is visiting a certain city, you have some guy behind them, right? That's like, you know, a sorcerer or a wizard. Anyways, so the ability to fake healings and the ability to fake... Um, miracles. Um, but I, I just want to touch on something and then we'll, we'll pray out and we'll leave. Uh, most recently, the, the problem has been more on mental health and psychological health, uh, where it's not apparent that somebody's sick. You know, they don't, they're not coughing, they're not you know, bleeding, they're not anything. In fact, most of the time people look happy, externally speaking, on social media and whatnot. But obviously, we know that especially among teenagers, young women, young men, it's you know, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, all that has, has been growing. And so, uh, how, how do we understand that? You know, is it, is it simply the world? Is it that we've evolved and our society is just the way it is? Is it phones or is there more to it? And is the solution really to dose up people on certain pills, hoping that their hormones would balance out and then they would feel better, right? And, you know, I don't know if there's anyone that's dealing with that, but I think it's worthwhile to, to discuss that just a little bit. And, uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll close it out. So, discuss. Say the question one more time. <laughs> say the question one more time. So, so in terms of mental illness, right, people going through bipolar disorders, anxiety, depression, anorexia, all of those things, mm-hmm. is it purely physical or is there more to it and is the solution to those up people or is it more of a spiritual struggle that's happening? Explain. So I, I get uncomfortable when people attribute just the spiritual when it comes to mental health because mm-hmm. I think you're completely invalidating the person when you do that. And I also think that um, and a lot of times people like, especially in our community, for mental health, they just refer you to the church, which again, great first route, but also that's like disregarding the doctors because God gives us the doctors, like he's the one that gives them the wisdom and the knowledge to send people there to help. So to completely cancel out the whole medical side of the world, it's like, it's just, it's canceling out God's power. Like he can provide help through the doctors Mm -hmm. and not just be like, oh, okay, it's just a prayer thing, no pills, no anything. Because we do not treat, like if you have a physical wound, you don't say, well, you see someone bleeding out or if they broke their arm, you don't be like, let's pray about this. And just stay there. Like you'll pray about it, but it's like, you'll send them to the hospital and you'll send them to people who have the means, have the knowledge to help them out, right? So. I think when it comes to mental health, we disregard it so easy because we're not in it. Like, we can't see it, we don't know it, so we're just like, it's just easy to just focus on, like, how you are in your life and just be like, no, it's, it's not real, and just completely disregard it. But I, I think, I don't know, I think mental health is, is it's both. Um, Mainly part of it is like spiritual war. Like I remember a conversation we had in my Bible class. Like this is one of the last conversation we had, and so the question is, is life getting better? Like, do we see life getting better? And like half the class is like, oh yeah, absolutely. People live longer. Materials. Yeah, it's like you can communicate with people better and and stuff like that. And you have the other side of people. It's like, well, the quality of life actually sucks. Like you know, Mm -hmm. people are depressed and people are accepting. Um, illnesses as their identity or like they'll, mm. they will maybe have some sort of reference and they'll accept that as oh that's that's actually who I am now and, and uh, it, it's it's just uh, to me it's a result of being so far away from God right like it's just turning away from God and choosing yourself right like just walking away the, the opposite direction and you have all of these illnesses where you look and, and when you like search deeper it's the root of it is just you are away from God and the, yeah. to me that's spiritual like there's some sort of spiritual, you know, uh, yeah. warfare. And, like, I'm not saying there aren't people in the house of God who are str- struggling with this. I think their life is getting so bad to the point where you just, sometimes you just need to go seek help, right? But yeah. uh, my problem is is where people are accepting that as part of who they are. And, and some some majority of it, to me, is mm-hmm. spiritual. Like, maybe 1%, like, maybe you lost someone and you're sad. Or maybe you went oh, through something. Okay. Like, no, there no, is, no. I'm not, I'm like not invalidating everything. I'm saying mm-hmm. some things are valid, and yes, let's go seek help, but... Majority of it is. Is it open? I, I think I want us to view mental health as the way that Paul viewed his illness in the terms of like this is just something that you have to live with, and like it's it's another trial that you go through for like maturing, completing, endurance, all of that. And I think 
in the church when we push the idea of mental health is just mostly spiritual, then people that actually need help are like, no, I don't have enough faith. Like, I have to stay here. And even when they're referred to by pastors, they're like, no, you don't understand. And their whole life is miserable because they're just like, mental health is, is this a shameful thing. It's like, it's just like any other illness. If you need help, go get help. Take your pills, take your medicine, and come and worship God. Like, it's, it shouldn't be a dividing factor, right? It's not... I don't think it's majority spiritual. I genuinely believe that, yes, it's just like any other illness where the reason mental health exists because we're in a fallen world. It's, that's all it is. And also when it comes to prayer, I do believe <coughs> the thinking is very important. I lack, I know that. I grew up in a society where I didn't really understand what that was and I'm just now walking into it. And it's been a couple of years where I learned what rebuking is, okay? I know that. Yeah. But I also get so uncomfortable when all your prayer is that. Because how are you focusing on Satan when you're serving God? Like your whole conversation, most of it, even the Lord's Prayer, like how much of it is is like this much talking to the devil? And your whole prayer should not be like jumping everywhere, yelling, talking about Satan, I got you. And it's like, how about we talk to the actual God that has authority to put him in his place? Versus talking to him like, yes, we have a God given authority. But I don't know, I'm I'm more focused when I enter prayer, it's like I'm gonna praise him, I'm gonna ask for forgiveness, I'm talking to him. And then when I, you know, with discernment and you realize, hey, this is being, this part of my life been being attacked and I realize yeah. it's a cycle, for me at least, I realize like, even, sometimes it might take years to realize it's an attack. So I'm just like, I was in this season last year at this time, what is wrong with me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this is, this is beyond me. So yeah. I need to reach out, obviously we've got something that's bigger. But mental health, it's a problem like any other problem. It's not meant to be, like, put, put yourself to shame, because it's not, and then, in terms of the whole thing of people making it their identity, I agree with you. I, that's that's just how people get famous now on TikTok. Like it's like a let's let's be all relatable and we're all in the hole together. <coughs> let's just cry it out. It's just people struggling to find identity and they don't know what they are. They don't know who they are. So this one thing that everyone is willing to listen to now, right? Like any other conversation. Like for example, the LGBT community, Black Lives Matter. All of these are great movements, but they're just a band-aid for a larger problem. And people, they're just trying to identify, right? And that's how I see it, right? It's, mental health is necessary to be talked about. And every time we try to split up the church and mental health, you get people who get neglected and they're falling in the corner and then it doesn't help. I, I agree with you, but I do have one problem with something that you said. You want mental health to be viewed the way that Paul viewed his illness, right? Like one, Paul had a physical illness, right? It was nothing to do with his mental health. And, and part of it is like, Paul seeked for healing first. He asked for healing because he believed that God can heal him. He kept asking, and he said, I prayed three times. Not just like he prayed three times. That's just like for him to say, I prayed many times. Like, what actually, was his yeah. I, I asked he had, him. To, he had a stomach I, issue. He, awesome. I, All I, we I, know is Like in his writing, yeah. he talked about like, <laughs> yeah, he would have yeah. dropped yeah. out and he would have came in me or eyes, whatever. But the point is, Paul had a, a physical illness. That, I'm not saying that there aren't points where you're depressed and God isn't going to, like mm -hmm. maybe you are going to have to be in that depression for a longer time. And it might mean that you have to go get medication or you have to go see a Christian. Check out. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying all of that is wrong. What I'm saying is like what my problem is when we have conversations around mental illness is going to be a long term like a long term thing for you. Like let's not do that. Let's say God is going to heal you and it's possible for God to heal you. Maybe the season will be longer. Like with Paul's illness, it's not that out of nowhere he said, I'm not going to be healed. He kept asking and he said, Maybe right now God is not responding to this prayer. Does that mean like what I'm trying to say it's it's possible for God to heal you even from mental illness. I remember when a pastor died two years ago Right, like he's a huge mega church pastor. Thank you. He committed suicide, and the whole line was like, "Oh well, he's a pastor." Believing but in God Jesus couldn't save him. Yeah, believing in God yeah. couldn't save him. That's not the point. The point is, God is going to heal you, whether your illness is you, we can see it, we don't see it, whether it's in your head, whether it's physical illness. God is going to save you, and I'm not saying it's a guarantee. Maybe God does want you to be there for a while. Like, my guarantee is God is able to save you, yeah. right? Like, God, when we pray, we're praying God is able to save you, to, like, heal you. And I pray that it's the will of God that you are healed, right? Whether or not it's now, later, or maybe tomorrow. I don't care. Like, but God is able, right? So when we have this conversation, I think it's really important that we have it around God is able to heal mental illness as well. But, like, I, so I, 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 I understand, like, I like what Bolivia said, but I feel like the middle point of it is, like, if you are suffering from mental illness, 
yes, come to God first and foremost. Mm-hmm. No, don't neglect your like the health aspect of it, where you are getting checked out by a professional and then mm-hmm. they are helping you. Preferably, it would be like a Christian psychologist because they're not neglecting the spirituality. Yeah, because if you go to like any other professional, they'll be like, oh, it's just this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you do go to like who like a, you know a believer and yeah. they and they do have faith that you will be healed. You're not just now going to the, to the health aspect of it. So like Rebki said, yes, you are. Like we cannot ever limit God. We can't be like, well, this is mental health and an issue, and it's like it's something that you have to live with. God can't do anything about it. That's not that. I don't agree with. I do agree that mental health is an issue, and there we should seek help also from health providers. We shouldn't just neglect that portion of it. Because sometimes you do have hormonal imbalance. Like when I've gone to these clinics and I've seen people who have came for different reasons, it is because genetically there are some things missing. You can't just be like, you know, that doesn't exist. It's like, well, literally it's there, it's it's missing. So yes, you can replenish that with those medications to help you. But at the same time, you can still approach God to help you. Not just to, not forever relieve it, but even just to manage it. Because these people, they'll be on meds they like it helps them but they still don't have that like serene like mm-hmm. calmness they don't have that right they don't and that is only given by god mm-hmm. but that peacefulness is only provided to you through god so like you said yes let's not neglect the health portion of it at the same time always bring it to god and have faith that he will heal you from it yeah, I agree. I wasn't pushing God out the picture. No, no I understand, but like yeah. with like I, I think the way we are like in our society, it's like it's either one, or it's a health like it's a it's a it's a health issue, and like God can't heal you. It's, it's not something to be healed. So you you live with this and just get medicated, mm-hmm. or it's spiritual and just be God and yeah. go to God. Don't seek help. Like don't seek yeah. medical like attention, right? So like we have that at least with our community. Like our mm-hmm. church, so no, like we have like this thing that everything is spiritual, like everything is spiritual warfare. And like, even when we ask God, God do this for me, we just sit and watch. We don't ever like put ourselves into action and do anything about it. Like God will do this. I said, yes, he will, but you also need to participate in that action, right? But like, and with the same thing with the mental health, any health issue too, like, yes, God always comes (coughs) first for anything. But at the same time, like you said, God gave healthcare professionals the wisdom, the knowledge, right mm-hmm. and if he did so then utilize it that is your one way like if you're asking for if you want like she graduated from school if she's like god provide me with a job if she hadn't got her internship if she hadn't worked hard in her classes she can't just expect god to just lay at her feet right she has to put the effort in <laughs> how easy that would be if yeah. that happened just god give me a job well yeah. next day that was a fruitful conversation uh, i will just end with with this um if there's anyone in europe you know of anyone that's dealing with uh life-threatening feelings right of of um depression of anxiety hopelessness uh, suicidal thoughts um the the mere fact that somebody is is not wanting to live anymore is wanting to take their life can never be justified as being okay Right. It is not. It is not godly. It is not God's plan for someone. Um, Christ is called the Prince of Peace. Um, where there is the name of God, there's freedom. And what that means is a person cannot be a believer in Christ and uh, hate his or her life to a point where they are actually trying to take away their own life. Right. I'm not saying you're not going to go through phases where you just in some cases don't want to live anymore. And Prophets have gone through that, right? We know that, for example, Elijah said, just take me right now, yeah. right? And he just wanted to go. But he didn't go for the, you know, whatever, for the, the, the sword or something. And so in those, in those things, if you have felt that way or if you know of someone that felt that way, uh, first and foremost, that person needs a thorough pouring out love and prayer. Uh, but as was said, they also need professional help. Um, uh, it's the same thing if you are having marital struggles, right? And somebody would suggest you go to a marriage counselor who has been trained, who's been doing this for a while. That uh, doesn't mean you don't you know, pray, but you go to that person hoping that God will use them to, to benefit you and them. And so when they give you advice, it's always going to be biblical, right? 
they're not going to say, oh, you know, that you're struggling in this life. Why don't you, you know, divorce? Exactly, right? <laughs> or, or, or something, right? The advice that you're going to get will always be biblical. And so, just generally speaking, if ever, if, if somebody ever comes and they're consulting you, right? Especially for the younger people around here, um, and somebody's opening up to you about whatever, whatever, whatever they're having these 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 problems. Please do not always say, just go to the doctor, right? Oftentimes, if you're an unbeliever and you go to an unbelieving doctor, right? And in fact, there's now laws that says if somebody's feeling like they are members of the opposite sex, you cannot tell them that they are not. It is illegal. For example, there's law that came out in Canada. You can't do that anymore. You have to be, quote unquote, gender affirming. Whatever the person is feeling, you have to go along with it. Right, and so when you're faced with, with with those kinds of decisions, one, please inform yourselves, as in like read, but also please pray for that person. And if you feel like it's overwhelming, please come talk to someone else. You don't have to give the other person personal information, but please pray for those people that are around you, especially if you're in high school. Those places are just now swamped with with these ideologies of. You know, non-binary pronouns. We're all a little bit gay. All that kind of stuff, right? And as as it has been said, please do not be antagonistic. Do not be uh, overly confrontational. But always speak the truth of Christ with love. Pray for those people. Uh, And I think that was a great conversation, guys. Yes, thank you, Marty. That was awesome.